When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Happy Monday. Welcome in Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri with you here on the show April 20th, 2020, a few days away from the NFL Draft coming off a scintillating fantasy weekend. Joe, how was your weekend? How is social distancing? How is life in general? Listen, man, it was was exciting. Got a chance to catch up on a few shows, which was nice. And, uh, of course, uh, anytime that you can dive into... Uh, a little Tiger King uh, while also watching a benches clearing brawl on a Chinese Major League Baseball game uh, and get ready for a draft. Sounds uh, in these days like a pretty good weekend, if you ask me. Yeah, and, and I think that that's the case for everybody right now. We're just kind of all in limbo here. I don't think a lot has changed since uh, since Friday, but certainly at least it feels like we're headed in the right direction in terms of the country. Of course, as Joe mentioned, Coming up this Thursday and Friday, we're going to have live coverage of the NFL Draft, and we'll let you know here, of course, on SportsGrid how things will go. We're also expected uh, on tomorrow's show to have one of the agents Mm. who will be involved in the uh, NFL Draft. He'll be on with us tomorrow um, in the morning, so make sure you tune in uh, for that as well, and we'll let you know more more about that on social media. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's get started with, with the NFL Draft at this point. We have a baseball segment coming your way. By the way, we'll kind of update you on some things that may be happening in baseball, but since the draft right now is here, I mean, essentially, this is it, Joe. Interesting kind of hearing some of the names going back and forth. I guess we can kind of start with Peyton Manning having a personal conversation with Joe Burrow and was able to share that with the public, essentially saying he wouldn't mind if Joe Burrow broke his interception record in his first year with 28 interceptions. I mean, I think it's a foregone conclusion at this point that Burrow is going to be the top pick. I know that as you're a couple of weeks out, People start to build new narratives and new ideas as to what could possibly happen. And we're going to go through some of those odds on FanDuel. FanDuel's actually updated and given us a lot more odds for the draft. But I, I think, Joe, at this point, it's safe to say probably, in my mind, with a 90% certainty that Burrow is going to be a member of the Cincinnati Bengals, he's definitely going to be the first pick overall. Yeah, I don't. Um, I, I, it's just amazing to me how nobody's really even discussed 
Joe Burrow. Some people don't even realize he's actually in this draft. They already think he's a member of the Cincinnati Bengals, which is yep. kind of hard to believe. Weird. And that's just the way it's been. Him and Chase Young have been forgotten because they've been assumed already that that's who it's going to be picked. And that's a double-edged sword. That's good for them. And that's not so good uh, for them because uh, when people aren't talking about you, uh, that means there's a lot more expectations around the corner for those two. That's for sure. Yeah, and, and I think that as we go through the odds a little bit later, we'll be able to kind of see who may be the second pick and third pick. And I think FanDuel's done a good job at least keeping us in the conversation for those of us who are looking to maybe take advantage of some of these situations. So as the week goes on, we'll also dive into that as well. Interestingly enough, it looks like another player potentially could get traded. I mean, who knows? By the time that, uh, you know, this day is done, Leonard Fournette could be a member of another team. It's, I would say, seems to be more likely than not. And look, this is the way that you have to do things if you're an NFL franchise. I never understood why teams essentially, Joe, half tear things down. And I've always gotten it in football and I've always gotten it in baseball. Like, you get it. Like, the Steelers can never tear all the way down. The Cowboys can never tear all the way down. The San Francisco Giants, the St. Louis Cardinals, the, the the franchises that their fans are still coming no matter what, Boston Red Sox, you can't tell them, hey, look, we're going to lose 100 games. You can't do it. But if you're Jacksonville, you can and you should. And there's really no point of having Leonard Fournette on a team that's going to lose, I would say, at the minimum 10 games, if not more, next year. But the only question that I would ask you, Joe, is that unless you're building a team with a superb offensive line, Fournette, unfortunately, in in this day and age of the NFL running back is kind of like a dime a dozen. I don't see them getting back anything better than, what would you say, like a second or third round pick, if that, for him at this point? And he's owed $4 million this year. I'd be shocked. Uh, it's a big price tag to, to, that comes along with a guy that, uh, listen, that, not necessarily uh, one of Tom Coughlin's favorite guys uh, was he, mostly because he was... Uh, considered to be very lazy, caused more problems than he was worth. And, yeah, when Doug Marone came out uh, shortly after he made the comments about we could really use Cam Newton, uh, and Marone's answer was, like, he's got to work this out. Like, they, they got to figure this out on their own. So, uh, and then shortly after that, we heard Fournette was available for trade. I think that's, right. uh, I think that tells you everything you need to know about who rates and where Gardner Minshew falls in the hierarchy there in that organizational's plan. So uh, the minute that you welcome in or want to welcome in Cam Newton and you get put on the market for trade, uh, that tells you what they think of Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I think so. And look, it's it's the right call, I think, mm -hmm. inevitably for Jacksonville. Um, you know, a couple of years ago in the AFC Championship, but we all knew that was a little bit of smoke and mirrors there. Right. Um, you know, Minshew will hold it down. He's a capable quarterback, but he's capable to the point where you're playing for Trevor Lawrence, I think, in 2021. I think inevitably that's probably their plan. Um, Colorado Springs Gazette reported yesterday that the Broncos are looking to trade up mm -hmm. potentially to grab a wide receiver. Maybe that name is Jerry Judy. Uh, you know, they, you know, Corlin Sutton is an interesting receiver for Denver. It feels like he's in fantasy, Joe. He's one of those very big boomer bust type players. Now, in the last half of the season, when Drew Locke came in, it seemed like he was targeted a little bit more. He started to see a lot more receptions. But I, I think that what Denver has to probably do is get themselves into a position, at least they're sending the signal here, that they've got to get more weapons on the offensive side of the yeah. football. They added Melvin Gordon. We're not really sure still why they even did that. Emmanuel Sanders, of course, is gone. He went mm -hmm. to San Francisco and then left completely there as well. Sutton is probably good to be your wide receiver one, but... 
I think that they should build this kind of the way that they're talking about here is like an Atlanta Falcons situation where you have uh, Julio Jones and Ridley on the other side. Denver really doesn't have a clear cut number two right now. No, they don't. And uh, they've got some uh, they've got some nice pieces. But again, when you have a young quarterback, you want to go ahead and give him as many options and as many weapons as possible. And if they really, really like a guy, uh, whether it be Judy or CeeDee Lamb uh, or Ruggs, if they are willing to go up and get him, I do think they'll find some suitors there in that uh, in that meat and potatoes right around number starting at number 10 and moving on from there. I do think they'll have an opportunity to uh, to move up and get whoever it is that they really, really like. Yeah. And, and I think that when you look at the Broncos, it's it's kind of a shame because they were good for so long, Joe, mm-hmm. and they've they've been kind of going in weird directions and you're not really sure kind of what their plan is even at this point it's you know it's it's a franchise that you could pretty much pencil in for eight nine wins virtually every single season but last year they were one of the most boring teams joe in the nfl and and even that home field advantage that they used to have that made them so dominant Mm -hmm. there you know it didn't really play a factor you ask yourself why they even started off with flacco last year i don't know i just i don't feel great about the way that they're headed no i I don't either it's um i uh... Listen, Elway's given, been given more of the benefit of the doubt than, uh, than most would have thought or expected. So uh, if he found his quarterback, it starts with that. Now you got to start filling in the gaps. But I think the, uh, the jury is still out on Drew Locke as well. Yeah. Um, the report, you know, basically I don't know where to go with this one, Joe, because going into the draft on Thursday, one or two things is going to happen. Right. Um, either Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be playing this thing out with the Browns or it's going to be another team on Thursday or Friday, potentially. Like, I don't think that after the draft you're going to be dealing this guy. Now, Adam Schefter, basically, who I think would most consider to be the most reliable reporter in the NFL, I mean, I mean, in my world at least, I would say that he is, basically says that there's nothing to it. I mean, what do you think, Joe? Come this week, is he going to be a member of another team, or are we just going to basically assume that he'll still be in a Browns uniform next year. This it, whole thing has been got, gone too far already. It really is. It's amazing. And you don't know who to believe. Like, who am I supposed to believe here? Is it Odell? Is it Odell's people? Is it the Browns people? Like, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But, I, you know, where there's smoke, there's got to be fire here. And there's just way too much smoke for me to, uh, to be like, nah, they'll be fine. Everything's going to work out. I doubt it very much. To me, this is, uh, this is classic Odell for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure at this point in fantasy even where to take the chance on him, Joe. I mean, the, the, the two years in a row, essentially, you were just not getting the production that you thought. Right, right. And yep. there probably wasn't a team more overrated in the last decade than the Browns were going into last year. I mean, that was the, one of the most overrated teams we've seen in a long time. But yet, a lot of people are right back down that road again. You know, they're, they're total on both FanDuel and Caesars. It's not four or five, you know, like they still think that they underachieved last year and they're going to get it turned around. I I don't know how anybody could see that at this point, but maybe it is moving uh, Beckham away from from Cleveland. I thought that him going to Cleveland and being paired with his buddy Landry was the thing that was going to make it work out. Yeah, they certainly led us to believe that, though, didn't they? And I just I don't know anymore with him. It's just such a it's been such a sideshow. New regime, though, new coach. I'd be shocked if this happens before 
August before training camps begin or anything along those lines. I think he'll be on the roster by the time training camp comes, but he could also be used as a big trade piece here uh, coming up on Thursday. It's just such an unknown with what this organization is going to do with every one of their draft picks for that matter. All right, so uh, it's a Monday. It's time to kind of dive back into mm -hmm. the same thing that we've uh, dove into every single Monday. Of course, we know the NFL draft is going to happen, that's right. for sure. Uh, we have a schedule now for the PGA Tour. That's going to happen as well. We got some really positive news in Korea that the Korean Baseball League, the KBO, Korean mm -hmm. Baseball Organization, Joe, they are going to start in May. Yes. Uh, yep. They only, if I'm not mistaken, yesterday's report basically said that they had less than 10 people test positive, which is a two-month record, essentially, for them. Pretty much. And, and they're going to move forward to playing this thing in May. What, what are we looking at here, Joe? I mean, do, do, we, do you feel the same? Anything changed for you over the weekend as to what sports are back, what sports aren't back? I still feel like at the top of the mountain, I've got the NFL for sure. Mm -hmm. I got them coming back. Just because college football is that far out there, I'll go with them as well. And then it would be baseball for me. I don't know what the NBA and NHL does. Wayne Gretzky came out yesterday, and he said he thinks the NHL is going to play. But, I, I mean, we're getting close to that point here in a week or two where if they're not going to begin next season late, I, I can't see any scenario outside of, like, one-game playoffs for all of these teams. I, you know, one and dons. I, I guess anything and everything is out on the table at this point, Craig. I what that is going to be, how that is going to, uh, how that's going to look, I don't know. But I think if it's the crazier, the better, uh, because you've got pretty much a, you got an invitation to do something wild and crazy and nobody will hold it against sure. you. So whatever you guys have been or thought and kicked around uh, doing there, uh, go ahead and bring it. The crazier, the better, because you'll have an opportunity to do something we may never see again uh, ever. So go for it. Why not? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping so. Uh, the Athletic reported yesterday that Arizona's plan seems to be the one that's mm -hmm. potentially the most realistic at this point. That doesn't really make me happy, of course. And I mean, Joe, do you, by the way, let's put this out there. Do you think that they would let the media into these games? Do you think that I am going to be able to cover Major League Baseball this season? Or better yet, should I say, okay, would I, I think we would agree that at some point fans and the media are going to be back in yes. baseball, right? Yep. May not be, let, let's, let's use July as a start. We would agree that no fans in July, right? That's correct. Yep. We would probably agree no fans in August too. Makes yes. sense if yep. they've started, right? But do you think that media at any point will be allowed to cover games? Do you think that we will be allowed in clubhouses? Do you think we will be allowed in press boxes? Do you think we'll be allowed in that stadium? Will we be, will we be part of that bubble? Or am I just not going to see a baseball game live this year? Because I, I, I know yeah. as a fan, you may not at all. You, you, that's a good chance, yes. But I, I, I don't know how they'll keep the media away. I think it'll be under every stipulation in a book uh, will be thrown out. And There'll be certain rules and, and regulations, of course, to uh, media attending the game. I don't think it'll be anybody and everyone. They'll probably limit the amount of media passes that they uh, that they let in, those kinds of things. But uh, and again, a lock and out between now and July, uh, as far as you know, certain testings and those types of things as well. But I would think the initial reaction is let's limit the amount of people in the building altogether. And that might limit the amount of uh, media opportunities uh, some places are going to have. Right. Well, New York, you, it's it's going to be tough, right? Mm -hmm. Like to cover in the Yankees and Mets, you have 
I mean, at, at a minimum, what, 20, 25 people covering That's the team? That's correct, yep. And here in Miami, we have five? Yep. It's going to limit it. Yeah, it really is. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's just different market. for everybody. Yep, yeah, the bigger market teams, it's going to be much more interesting to see how that goes. Should I go? What do you think? I, if, if I'm invited to if I'm invited to be able to cover the team and I got to go stay in Arizona and be under quarantine, should I go? Uh, four months, man. It's uh, I don't think the, I can do it. Uh, you're going to have to be a very certain kind of person to be able I don't to think do, I can that. do it. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I think that and I was kind of thinking this through and over the weekend, because if it is announced and, and I think right. that it, it would be an extreme privilege to be able to cover it because make no mistake about it, it'll be a limited amount of people. That's correct. I think that my thing would be, and I, and I don't think I'd get turned for down for this. Maybe I would if, if I was the Yankees, I guess, or like the Mets or mm. the Dodgers. I think I could commit to like covering a period of time, but I don't think that I could commit to covering four months. Like I think basically it would be, I would go, I'd say, hey, look, I'll cover the first month. All right. And then I'm going home and that's it. Like I, I am, I just, I, I couldn't, I mean, I don't even know if I could be gone for a month. That's a long time. That's to a not huge be with time. My family. Yeah. So yeah. I think it would be unique to be there just to see everything that's going on. I agree. But my, but the questionable thing for me, Joe, is that if they're basically telling the players that they're going to have to sit in the stands and right. social distance, yeah. how are they going to let the media into that? Thing? I have uh, no idea. That's a great point. Uh, but I, there could be some tag teaming going on here where, you get the first half, I'll get the second. We'll, it's going to be a lot of that still to be figured out. It is not just drop the balls in the bats and let's go play somewhere, guys. There's a lot more involved with this. Plus, we still haven't figured out what you can do with the minor league. So yeah, uh, time is too. running out as far as how they're going to approach this and what they're going to do. So TikTok here, Major League Baseball, TikTok. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like some sort of resolution. I, I would be interested in, in, in pursuing going for a period of time. Right. But the other thing, too, that, as you know, Joe, look, it's one thing it's your job if you're working for a newspaper and 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 maybe you have to do it. Right. But I don't think they're paying the media enough money to tell them they got a sequester from their family for four months. It's one thing if you're Mike Trout and you're making 30 million dollars. It's like you're, you're you, you can't say no. Right. Right. But I think in the media, while it would be a unique situation and one that probably will never, ever happen again. I don't think that I could tell my family goodbye for four months. Yeah, I just. And by the way, what am I doing? I'm covering baseball. Like, right, I, I just. Right. I, don't, I don't think so. And it's but, not going to be for everybody. I mean, it's not. Uh, bottom line is they're going to have to pick and choose, right? Uh, know your audience. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a part of it. Okay, uh, coming up a little bit later on the show, we're going to have some of the updated FanDuel odds for the NFL draft. So stay tuned for that as well. But coming up next, it's time for This Day in Fantasy Sports and This Day in Fantasy Sports Birthdays. And then we also, believe it or not, have a fantasy baseball segment to do here on this show. I know there hasn't been, there hasn't been a lot of fantasy baseball talk. I'm not going to just keep diving into the same thing over and over again here on the show. But we got some updated news on at least a couple of players, so we'll bring that to you as well. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Craig Mish. Joe is at Joe Ranieri. And most important, make sure you follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid. That's how you get us here on the show. So don't go anywhere. We're back in just a couple of minutes. This day in fantasy sports history and whoever's birthday it is in sports, we'll let you know next. Don't go away. Sports. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Ranieri here with you. It is Monday, April the 20th. We're coming off a fun weekend of a little work, a little sun, a little rain. Got out of the house a little bit, Joe, over the weekend, throwing the ball around a little bit. How about yourself? Anything? You know, uh, anything I really to hope, because they, they've been saying it for a while, that you know high humidity places uh, is less of a chance of the, uh, the coronavirus labor. If that's the case, they're in a coronavirus cell alive in this damn state because it's, it's about, hot already. Oh yeah. my, it's like a it forget it. You're sweating in the shade. I mean, it's like you know, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. The humidity is just brutal right about now. And oh yeah, it's uh, it's just April, so it's true. Oof. It's true. It is it Oof. is hotter than it's ever been here. For sure. Oh boy. And just as soon as we get out of all this, we got hurricane season coming up. Can't wait for that as well. They left the, uh, that was the other thing. We went over the names of the storms this year. Uh And uh, and I always love when, you know, this, the hurricane center down here in uh, Miami, they always release the names this year. So I think you got a Bertha going on there uh, this year. You got a couple of really interesting ones that that should be fun. 18 in all is what they're anticipating. I don't know if they're ever right. I think we bet on it one year. Like, they said it was going to be 23, and there were, like, three. So, I, I can't think yeah, of anybody it's more wrong. Yeah, they're yeah. never right about that. In fact, they had it, They had us having uh, getting a huge hurricane season, like, two, three years in a row. Yes. And then we got nothing. And then, I think it was two years ago, they said there was nothing, and then we got a bunch of them. So they, Listen, they better go out and stock up on get Get your toilet paper while you get can. Get in now, right? Because when the hurricanes come around, it's, yeah, no, it's brutal. You ain't going to find nothing. No. Nothing. That, that is for sure. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so we had a nice little uh, birthday celebration on Zoom yes. with every, my family and everybody I knew. Thank you for texting me, by the way. I appreciate that. Yep. Um, and now, you know, not not a lot happening. My wife made some cupcakes. We watched some TV. What was the dinner of choice, the birthday dinner? What did you dinner go of, It was uh, actually uh, my wife bought stuff to make pizza. So we oh, didn't have nice. to go out Homemade. and have pizza. Very homemade nice. pizza, very nice. All out for the birthday. Nice, They're messing around. And that was it. And now it's over. 
So. And, and you watch La? Did you watch Tiger King? I was going to say Lion King. Uh, Tiger there was nothing. King? Yeah, no. I I'm trying to think if there was anything new that I watched on. No, not really. It wasn't a big. It wasn't a big TV weekend. I've been watching a lot of these uh, these streaming games from the Major League Baseball players. They're playing uh, on MLB The Show, like against yes. each other. Yes. And boy, it's like feast or famine in these things. Some some uh, players are great, and mm. some of them just can't win. Like it's. And like you know, a lot of them run past the signs. and, yeah. you know, and they're stealing second. They're like, "Oh, I didn't mean to do that." You know, it's like it's, oh, it's like it. this is on, this is streaming too. Yep, yep. I love it. <laughs> I caught. A, by the way, if you were looking for a new show to go to, okay, my, uh, yeah, please. My girlfriend, um, I caught her. She's been diving into this show called The All American. It's on Netflix. Okay. It's called All American. I think, I, I think I've heard of it. It's like a Beverly Hills 90210, but about a football team, like a okay. uh, a uh, high school in Beverly Hills, California, that has uh, that wins a state championship, and then it goes from there. It's one of the worst cast shows I've ever seen because everybody in high school looks 30. So I'm like, they, they didn't, yeah, it's one of those, but it just sucks you in. Like, I just, I'm like, I can't watch this. Next thing I know, I'm already done with season one. I'm like into season two. There I'm it like, is. I'm like, That's this is happened. terrible. This is just, everything about this annoys me to no end, and yet I'm still watching it. So oh. enjoy, you, go for it. Go for I will, it. I will check it out. Yes, go for I it. I will check it out. Um, <laughs> along with Michael Jordan's uh, yes. last yes. name. I taped that. that. I did get that. I, yeah. yeah that, that's yep. what we've been focused yep. in on but i don't know how much we'll talk about it on the show maybe 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 at some point later this week we'll hit on some of the highlights i just want to see the gambling stuff when he gets to the gambling we'll talk about it then we're back in yes we're back in on that all right uh, let's do it april the 20th 2020 Boom. this is this day in fantasy sports history and we start off with ted williams in 1939 joe was at the game his first ever hit for the boston red sox joe what was it like being 110 years old uh, sitting at that game. I got to tell you, it wasn't nearly as hot as it was here uh, this morning. My word, it's getting ridiculous here. Love Ted. Even though he was a Red Sox, I found it interesting that in that era, you were either uh, Team DiMaggio or Team Williams, uh, depending on which side that of the right. Uh, red, yeah. right, same right side your rear are. And uh, yeah, no, Ted, uh, to this day, when I remember asking my grandfather, mm -hmm. uh, who was a big Joe D guy, but... Uh, even the most staunch Yankees and Joe DiMaggio, like my, my father was Mickey, my grandfather was Joe DiMaggio, and both will say the same thing. Best hitter they ever saw was Ted Williams. A lot of people feel that way, too. Yep. And people used to shift against him back in the day, too. <laughs> That's they right. They, they, think, they think they started it now. It started back there for him. <laughs> so true. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, Ted Williams will yep. start off with him. Tom Seaver, uh, another Hall of Famer, 1967, ends up winning wow. his first game ever. For the New York Mets, a little bit later, more on Tom Seaver. Mm. Since Michael Jordan is the subject of the documentary, we figured we'd throw a Jordan in here. 1986, you see a younger-looking Jordan there in that picture. He scored 63 points, which was an NBA playoff record. And back when 63 points was unheard of right. in the NBA in general. And now, Joe, especially during the regular season, yes, it's still super rare for somebody to score 60 points in an NBA game. Mm -hmm. But it's certainly not out of the ordinary like it was back then when Jordan was doing that, that's when we first got the inkling that he was going to be something special. Yeah, we kind of, uh, we knew it too, didn't we, though? It was, it, people still forget, and it amazes me, and I hope they, you guys dive into that documentary who didn't get a chance to watch him play. Everybody thinks like he went right from North Carolina, started winning championships. Like, he got his ass handed to he him did. for like the first five. And, but he'd have, you know, he eventually 
morphed into this guy that dropped 63 uh, in a playoff game. But guys, prior to that, it was, there were some obstacles he could not overcome. Uh, but he eventually did, and that's, that's why he's got six rings on the finger, and most yeah. other people don't. Yep, Detroit and Boston mm-hmm. used to yeah, oh, have hammer. their way with yep. the very beginning. <laughs> yep. All right, uh, draft time. I'm sure we'll have one of these every day this week. But in 2002, another inauspicious pick, David Carr, mm. first overall pick in the NFL draft. I, you know what? I don't know if David Carr uh, was ever going to be good in the NFL. I, I don't know that I would firmly blame all of this on him. They had no offensive line. The guy got sacked more than any other quarterback in NFL history. And I think that that shell-shocked him for a long period of time. Joe, he may never have ended up being very good, but I just don't think that it was ever fair to judge. It was like, wasn't it an expansion franchise? Or it was like the yeah. first couple of years that they were playing essentially in Houston. And he just, he had no shot. Yeah. Like, they were just on him constantly. So yeah. if you're going to play, I mean, how do you even recover from that as a quarterback? How do you, in two years or three years, when your line is better, just forget about the fact that you just, they're coming at you? So. The, one of the most hyped quarterbacks, though, in the draft, for uh, sure. A long time, man. Yeah. It was, he was going to be all world and new franchise. It kind of reminds me a little bit about this. Uh, if Cincinnati were a expansion team and they're picking Joe Burrow kind of situation where he's going to be, he's a game changer. You're just not big on Burrow at all. No, wow. No, it's going to be, you're, no, you're, going, listen, you're going under on all his Nah, toys. he'll be fine working at Applebee's in four years. <laughs> what about Chili's? Chili's is good too. Just I like be open. Just oh, be I open. Go Chili's right oh, now. Oh, amen to that. Great burgers. Yeah. Mm. 2008, Danica Patrick wins her first Indy Japan 3000. She's also the first female ever to win an Indy car race. I know a lot, Joe, was made of Danica Patrick in the five to 10 year period that she was on NASCAR and racing in the Indy cars. But uh, look, I give her a lot of credit. She tried something that nobody else had done. She succeeded to a degree at it. Mm-hmm. Now she doesn't have to do it, but she certainly made her name in the sport in all of auto racing for sure. But uh, 2008 was the first time she won an IndyCar race. The um, she big fan right up until the Aaron Rodgers thing, and then that's kind of kind of did it for me. Sorry, Danica, uh, but you were great prior to that, and then uh, and then Aaron came along and. Not a big Aaron fan. What happened with that? I don't even remember. No, no, no. Well, she's still going to him now. I mean, you know, they uh, they both seem to uh, to be head over heels for each other, which, of course, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, Jessica Simpson, Tony Romo, you know, th- these things never last, ever. Right. Ever. No. Never no. work. Except for Nomar. What? No, it didn't work out for him either. Nomar? Yeah, Nomar. Didn't he go out? Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah, still married. married. Yeah, they're and then he married. sucked. <laughs> that happened oh, I got that. you. I yeah, then he was yeah. terrible. No, that's a whole other yeah. story. He kept yeah. getting hurt. Yeah. yeah, not good. That's what happens. All right. All right, so Fantasy Sports Birthdays, in case you missed yesterday's or the day before, is head on over to YouTube. You can check them out and find out whose birthday was what, the 18th or 19th, including mine. Okay, let's start off with 1945. We go all the way back to the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier, probably my favorite head football coach of all time. Interviewed him many times, got to know him when he was at the University of Florida in Gainesville. So sad when he went to South Carolina. Uh, Actually, so sad when he went to the Washington Redskins. I can share a brief story with you, Joe. Mm. Uh, Steve, I don't don't know if I told this story to you on the air before, but the Florida Gators were playing in the Orange Bowl, which was played, of of course, at Pro Player Stadium slash Dolphin Stadium, whatever it was. Uh, Don't believe it was for the national championship either. I think it was just 
a bowl game that they were in. And I interviewed Spurrier and, and asked him one-on-one -on -one right after the interview, Coach, do you think that you know, this is going to be your last year of Florida? you think you can go to the NFL? And he said in my face, Craig, just bought a new house in Gainesville, got a new contract. I don't plan on going anywhere. And two weeks later, he was the head coach of the Washington Redskins. It's amazing and, how that and, happens. Yes. It happens a lot. And the money talks. And, and look, that set him up for life. For the rest of his life, I believe it was four or five million dollars over a four-year period. Yep. It was a misfit from the very beginning. I remember Spurrier in the NFL like it was yesterday, winning, going four and zero in the NFL preseason, Joe, with Danny Warfel, the quarterback, thinking that he could do the same thing, and he couldn't. But looking back on it now, Joe, who did have success as a Washington Redskins head coach, right? Listen, like nobody the, did. No, the guy that had the most success as a Redskins coach tried to come back a second time. And he couldn't find any success. So if That's Gibbs can't come back and redo it, Spurrier didn't have a shot. I mean, Marty Schottenheimer, who won everywhere, couldn't win there either. Yeah. Mike Shanahan, who won everywhere, couldn't win there either. That's where careers go to die. That's what happens. Yeah. 1961, Don Mattingly, Donnie Baseball, mm -hmm. uh, the manager of the Marlins. Happy birthday to Donnie in Indiana right now, growing out of Big Beer. 1971, Alan Houston, who was a great nick for a long period of time joe hit some crucial shots in the playoffs was about as gold as possible from outside the three-point stripe had a really good career yep. but kind of gets unsung a little bit people don't talk about alan houston that much being on a very good Knicks team yeah doesn't get a credit ever like ever uh but you're right uh he was kind of always the uh the forgotten one here but he was Amazing. Uh, absolutely amazing for the Knicks. Rock solid. You never had to worry about Allen Houston showing up and playing a game. The guy was, uh, he was Mr. Clutch for a while there. But when you think about great Knicks, you know what I mean, during some of these eras, yeah. you know, people don't ever bring them up, man. It's always Patrick or Starks or somebody else along those lines. Sure. Never bring up Allen Houston, and yet the guy for a very, very long time was one of the best scorers of that team. Yeah, I remember the, the shot that he hit against the Heat yes. in the playoffs. Yes. Uh, it hit the rim, it hit the backboard, it hit it was the great. rim, and yep. then it popped in, and then the Heat lost. 1988, we got Brandon Belt of the San Francisco Giants. Um, Belt. Belt. Wow. I mean, is that a bad one to bring up? Wow. I just No, I haven't heard that since... Uh, yeah, the Giants aren't very good. But yeah. Brandon Belt's a name that everybody knows, I think. He had a couple of really good years, though. It wasn't like he was he crap did. all the time. He did. It's, it's toward the end of the line, though, yep. for him. Nice. As the Giants as well. And speaking of end of the line, to me, this was the most emotional video retirement that I've seen in a long period of time. I mean, retiring at such a young age, Luke Keekley, all the concussions just simply catching up to him. And Joe, that, I mean, Luke Keekley was the most important player on any defensive team in the NFL. When he was on the field and playing at a high level, the Panthers usually won. When he was hurt, out with a concussion or something else, they usually lost. I was really sad to see Keekley retire. I get it. I understood it. But that video that he posted from the Carolina Panthers account, I mean, that was a pretty moving video to, to, to see that. And I think that the Panthers had to kind of go in a completely different direction now. I mean, him, he, I mean, who would have thought, Joe, a year ago we'd be sitting here doing a show. I'd tell you, Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, no longer Panthers. You'd yeah. be like, wow, what in the world happened? He's a uh, Coral Springs kid, too, a South Florida kid, I believe. He was down in, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's from Broward County, isn't he? Is he a local uh, kid down here? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I'll check I that out. I thought he went to, or maybe it wasn't, uh, I could have sworn it was him, but there was a uh, there was university. Now, where did he go to school, Keekley? Cincinnati. Was it Cincinnati? Yeah. 
went to Cincinnati. I might be having a confused. Yeah, Boston College. BC, BC is where he went. That's right. Yep, BC. Nice. Just uh, close enough to South Florida. And no, 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 no. I got him uh, mixed up with another guy that had 9 million concussions. Went to the University of Miami. What's his name? Linebacker. Uh, played forever. University Dan of Miami. Dan Morgan. Dan Morgan. That's exactly it. Another guy that another unfortunately. Another Carolina Panther. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Another Carolina Panther. But unfortunately, it was cut season his career was just Absolutely. way too short that guy was unbelievable yeah he was part of all of the, the yep. championships that, yep. that Miami uh, had for sure yep. do you think by do you think by the way I mean we've had Calvin Johnson and Luke Keekley retire mm-hmm. within a five-year period you would say two or top two or three at their position uh, mm-hmm. we had Andrew Luck retire top three at his position do you think that every year or two Joe that someone is going to just shock us to Patrick Willis too do you think big like in 2021 right before the season starts, we'll get a shock. Some guy's just going to retire that we've never heard of. It's, it's happening a lot more often than it used to. The guys are just deciding that it's just not uh, it not worth it. And, and I got news for you. It's, I think it's going to continue to happen with Carolina because I think you've got four years here with uh, four, maybe five years of, uh, of your running back that uh, Christian McCaffrey you just signed because I don't see this guy playing until he's 30 at all. Yeah, no, not with the way they're using. Not 300 touches a game. He ain't that. They're big. claiming they won't do that, but I don't see yeah. how you can. Okay. They really have. He'll be done when he's 28. Yeah, unless they have some other draft plan mm-hmm. that I'm uh, that I'm unaware of, and they have a pretty good pick, yeah. I believe, coming up in the draft. Those well. days are long gone. All right, so uh, let's do this. We'll take a quick time out on fantasy sports today. When we come back, we'll dive into a little bit of baseball and fantasy baseball, the latest on some players around the league. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe to our show on all the different platforms that we're on. Most importantly, if you miss any portion of the show or as we take this break right now, you got to get going with your day, do whatever you're doing. Head on over to YouTube and hit the subscribe button to Sports Grid. Also, give us a like and click that little bell. And every single time a new show pops up, you'll get it right to your phone, right to your iPad, tells you exactly what's on the show. We also basically timestamp what we talk about on all the different segments. So live or on demand, you got a sports grid 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We'll be right back here on the show. Fantasy Sports Today, right after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri with you here on the show as we talk a little fantasy baseball here on the show, a little baseball as well. And mm. I know, Joe, it's really difficult for a lot of people. And, and I know that there are a lot of people in the fantasy community that are still drafting and doing some of these leagues and, and ironically, some of these paid leagues as well. And look, I've been the champion for fantasy baseball for a long time. I mean, essentially, on satellite radio, I hosted the primary fantasy baseball show for almost a decade. Right. But I, I got to tell you, it's really hard for me to wrap my arms around continually just throwing darts at players and at information when we essentially have had nothing for a month. Spring training right. was never completed. And, and there's no season even on the horizon at this point. So I, I just... I think that for myself, as much as I've loved to talk about it, and, and you, you and I were at the ballpark, um, you know, when we did a whole fantasy preview on the New York Yankees. I mean, right. there's no more enjoyment that I get from trying to help people out in fantasy and talk about it as well. But for the life of me, I can't wrap my arms around doing anything outside of a you know a, a quick discussion here and there for fantasy baseball because I just don't think that the average person is drafting at all right. right now. And I don't think that they have an interest in it. Now, I think we all have an interest in the game starting. And I think that even if it's a 60-game season or whatever it is, I mean, I'm gonna, we'll do shows on that. We'll preview it based on what we know. We'll, yep. we'll redraft it all. But we're so far down the road. I mean, essentially, for me, when the football season kind of ends is when I start the fantasy baseball discussion. Okay. So you're talking about late December, January, February, March, April. We're heading into May. It's almost like six months of previewing something that we still don't even know that's going to happen. So, you know, it's it's a strange dynamic. I've never experienced this before. I've been doing the same thing for 10 years, previewing teams, players, sleepers, competing in all of the experts leagues that I participate in and compete in. And it's amazing to me to see that people are still drafting, Joe. Yep. They're, st they're still playing, but based on what? Like, no one knows anything. And for me, I, I, I can't, even though it's, it's uh, you know, I could afford to do a $50 league for fun or a right, $100 right. league for fun, I would prefer not. Yeah. I would prefer not to do, which is why I created the, the Fantasy Legends League. Not that there's a lot of strategy behind that either, but that to me is more of a distraction and more fun than trying to figure out where to take a half a dozen players in this draft. If there is a draft, if there is a season. So I, I kind of stopped. Yeah. Listen, it's very hard to try and handicap something when you don't have any real idea of what the rules of that game that you're trying to handicap are. And that's Impossible. really where we find ourselves uh, because some of the things that we have heard are just unlike anything we're used to. So whatever you have done prior, whether it be fantasy baseball, however you've approached drafts, however you've created your lineups, uh, however you would, would break down whether or not uh, there was any value on uh, win totals. Uh, all of that goes out the window when you have absolutely no idea, A, how many guys are on a roster? B, how many games are we talking about here? And what are the new rules or limitations that are going to be enforced here? Is it just going to be saying, well, are there going to be extra innings? Is there no extra innings? Is it, an, is it a I know, tie? It's impossible. Like, are there extra players on the team? Hey, how are there, guys are on that there... roster? Right, exactly. That's hard, it's too man. Much. Yep. Yeah. No, it's... How are you supposed to pick a pitching staff? Like, <laughs> No, I mean, pitchers may, for the first month may throw four innings. You may get no yep. wins yep. from I, any pitcher. If, the, if, if a nine inning is a game, I mean, uh, any starting pitcher is going to be ready in two weeks to throw seven innings in a game. Not until we see, I mean, we, we've all agreed, right? I think even they've said three weeks uh, to get ready. Like 
I got to see three. I got to see what these guys look like in three weeks because yeah. otherwise it's it's throwing it's throwing darts at uh, blindfolded and that doesn't yeah. do anybody any good. And I understand that back in early March and even in February for people who did leagues, we were all as as in the community or as experts mm-hmm. on the, in the same playing field because we didn't know that this was going to happen. And so but when I talked to people, I was like, listen, maintaining that we were all on the same level of playing field doesn't make the stupidity acceptable that we all shouldn't be drafting again. We should. We're going to be drafting again. Whether or not you like it or not, there is no version of any expert draft that was done in February or March that is going to be valid in June. With a or July, with an all Arizona season, it's it's not, and and anybody could say what they want right now, but it is a huge mistake that w- if we find out next month that spring training starts in late June and they start in July fourth with all these new kind of parameters and all this deal, and we choose not to redraft again, like we it's, it's essentially who got the luckiest by being the stupidest during a draft four months ago. Because that's not a good indication as to how good you are at drafting in fantasy sports by getting lucky, yeah. by having guys that, you know, who drafted the most middle relievers? Okay, I did. Oh, that's great because they get all the wins this year because they pitch after the fourth inning. So my advice to everybody is the same. Don't do it. Just nope. wait. You're going to have plenty of time. They've already determined they're going to have a spring training again. Right. So when that happens, tear the sheet up, log on to your team, delete it, you know how many games are going to be at that point. You know where they're going to play the games. Do your research, and at that point, I'll help you prepare. We'll all redraft again. We'll have a good time. We'll play out that season. We can't be playing out rosters from February and March. They're just irrelevant. No, no. And you don't know. I mean, quite honestly, we talked about it. You don't know, depending on the rules and, and what they come up with, there are going to be guys that just aren't going to show up. I mean, it's just as simple as that. There are going to be some guys who are like, nah, nah, just, that's good. I'm not... I'm not coming for four months and being housed uh, like guinea pigs in uh, in Arizona. There's going to be some of that. So um, you don't want that to be a, a guy on your team. That's for sure that you went ahead and drafted last month. There's just I mean, you're rewarding, too many you're, questions. You're rewarding all the guys who drafted Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. They're, they're ready now for the season. At, what when about Verlander? Is he ready? Verlander, I mean, too, yeah. yeah. So when we were doing drafts in February and March, those people got those guys for cheap. Paxton. And because of, and because, yeah. right, exactly. And Clevenger. So because of the coronavirus, congratulations. You guys were smart because we had a pandemic. Nope. And you're better I off just, Gotta yeah. redraft. Yeah, exactly. Gotta Correct. redraft. Yep. And, and by the way, I haven't been affected by any of those players in any of the expert leagues that I was in. And Correct. I still would recommend a redraft. Yeah. And all of them. I agree. And but it's people almost... are still forking up money and paying for this to draft right now. I'm yeah. like, I, I just crazy. There's ways to do it without having to fuck over money here, guys. You want to do, do, mock, you do drafts. mock drafts all day long. All day long. Yeah, if not. you want some free time, do mock drafts. Yes, because then you're just going to be cursing yourselves the minute it comes out where this player doesn't come. Or like the, of you course. you got to know the rules, man. you got to know that it's a level playing field for everyone. When you drafted, under those circumstances, when you drafted, guys, is not going to be the circumstances you're no, playing. It's so not. It's not. And, and, maybe, and maybe if things were different. Right. And initially when they said the season was going to start April 24th, and we know that's not going to be the case, or even May 24th. But if we knew it was that and we only lost a month, yeah, I mean, you can make a reasonable assumption that your team should still perform at the level that you thought, even though you did get an advantage by having your hurt guys back when you weren't supposed to. I could live with that. 
But if this comes down to like an 80 or 90 game season all right. played in spring training stadiums in Arizona with 30 man rosters and rookies that were supposed to be in the minors that are going to get to play in the major leagues. Yep. yep. Not for me. All right, so uh, let's get to kind of some news and notes. Didn't mean to go on that rant for a while there. But uh, over the weekend, Yasiel Puig, who lives near us, Joe, here in yes. South Florida, uh, sort of uh, is, is helping out in the midst of the pandemic. So mm-hmm. definitely want to tip my cap to Yasiel Puig for sure in terms of that. But he spoke to my buddy over at the Miami Herald, uh, Jorge Ebro, and essentially told him that the Marlins uh, didn't make enough of an offer to him because he felt like he deserved more because he was going to have more pressure playing in front of a lot of fans from Cuba and Miami. Ah, okay, that's what you say, fine. I can tell you that he was asking for a lot more money than a lot of other players. Mm-hmm. And, Joe, it's not a huge surprise that no other teams, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, ended up signing Yasiel Puig. I think he'll be back in the big leagues at some point, but it is a little bizarre to think that of all of the free agents that were out there, it would have been pretty simple for him to just sign a one-year and I'll show you kind of deal. Mm. But I suppose he just felt like he was worth uh, a lot more than that. So, I mean, the real story here is he's helping out during the pandemic. That yep. should be no- noted for sure, what he's doing with his foundation, no doubt about that. But I've given up any hope trying to figure this guy out from a baseball perspective. I'm pretty much done. It was interesting, too, because he, when he was traded to Cleveland, I think his numbers were a heck of a lot better than they were when he was at Cincinnati. So, you know, it was... But the it, Indians didn't even re-sign him. Uh, yeah, I mean, they brought. we know how they brought him in there. They needed a, a bat. They needed that they home run. They still did. And still do. 22 of his 24 home runs came before the trade, ironically enough. Um, so it was a kind of a tale of two halves uh, for him. The half with Cincinnati and then the half with Cleveland. But I thought Cleveland would... I thought they would extend it and say, hey, you know, we'd love to have you come back. but At least on a one-year deal. But, I agree. But he wanted like $15 million or mm-hmm. something, you know, and no one was, was going to pay that price. And, yep. and truth be told, if you go by war, and I know a lot of people pay attention to that, his war was even lower than guys like Avisel Garcia and mm-hmm. Corey Dickerson. So I mean, how old is Puig now? I mean, I know everyone's like, oh, he's immature. He's not going to grow up. Gotta how old is he? already? He's got to uh, be upper 20s. I mean, is he 30, 30 yet? Uh, he'll be 30 this year. This year. So, I mean, the guy's still got a couple of great prime years left here. So, But his I, war last year, Joe, only one. Yeah, 1.3. I know. He doesn't play great defense like he did when he first came up throwing no. the ball. Uh, he was a liability in the right um, field. He doesn't get on base. Right. He's stealing, yep. I mean, he still steals some bases. But, yeah, I mean, it's just it's not the same. And uh, I thought that he was a pretty good fit for Miami. Then I thought Cleveland. Then Cleveland just basically gave a million dollars to Domingo Santana to be the same guy. Exactly field. the same guy. <laughs> Pretty much. He ain't Not going to play nothing. great yep. defense. Yep. Going to hit some home runs. Yep. Which is yep. crazy to me. Uh, I do think he'll pick up with somebody, though. Once there's a little more clarity, I think somebody He said he doesn't think there's going to be a season. Not that that means anything. But that's what he said. He, he doesn't think that there's going to be a season. Yeah. That's um, yeah. That's going to happen. And and by the way, please, that's one thing. If you say that because you're under contract, you're getting paid anyway. I'm sure uh, that I'm, that's correct. That's yeah. a very good point, too. Yeah. There's no, no team is going to sign Yasiel Puig until, well, I don't think any team can make any moves, actually. Yeah, no. But, um, yeah, he, he had he done that, Joe, even on a deal that he wouldn't have liked, he'd still be getting – that's a good point. He'd be getting paid correct. right now. Yep, you should be praying for baseball right about now, Yasiel, because next year you're 31. Ouch. So, you know, like the father time ain't something for anybody. But to me, it was always a bad attitude with him. Uh, and, and good guys and guys that have covered him, guys that have uh, played with him. You know, a lot of the guys say, listen, he's just misunderstood. He's 
it's the way he grew up playing the game, and they they had problems with him in L.A., but, you know, to me, it was all a matter of his comfort. If he felt comfortable around the guys, and I thought it was a good fit in Cincinnati, and he was delivering for them, but you get a chance to get Bauer, I think, was in that trade. It's, uh, right. you know, you do what you got to do. So Yeah, I, I you know, uh, last year before we retired, Martin Prado said something to me that I think that applies to a guy like Puig that he said that very early on in his career, he figured out what kind of player that he wanted to be because he saw some players that when they were great and they were having great games, they're having fun, they're great with the media, they're amazing, they're high-fiving. But when they're not doing well, they're not in a good mood and they're always, you know, they get upset and you know they don't talk to the media, they're hit and miss. And Prado always said he realized that was not the guy that he wanted to be. Mm. And essentially, he just wanted to be the same every single day, be in a positive mood, not get too high, not get too low, not not be one of these flashy guys when things right. are going well, and also not be too down when things are going bad. And to me, that summarizes Puig. Puig was Things are going guy. great for him. Yep. Everyone wants to be around him. He's a superstar. Things are great. Things are not going good. Probably don't want to be around. And I think Puig was a guy, and we've seen these guys before, too, that so much of his ability was God-given and didn't really have to work at a whole lot to be as good as he was where he was. But the minute the game all of a sudden wasn't, maybe uh, things weren't working as naturally for him as they did in the past, a lot of guys like that don't know how to turn that around. And then it becomes uh, extremely frustrating because... You never really had to work that hard, did you? Because it always came natural. And then, you know, that's why uh, guys like Prado and others, the grinders, you know, they'll have 20-year careers. Why? Because they never really get too high. They never get really too low. But they are always working their asses off one way or the other. Yep. Uh, Just a couple of other uh, quick updates. Mm -hmm. Not that this will affect anything, but if you're crazy enough to still do a fantasy league at this point. Then I'll give you those. Uh, Matt McGill could end up being the closer of Seattle. Mm. Uh, they're saying that he's ready to go. So those of you who took him in early drafts, there was some thought process that he could start the season on the injured list. Obviously, that would not be the case anymore. I actually own McGill in a league, so we'll see. Uh, Colin McHugh, the Red Sox signed him very late into spring training. Still not ready. May not be ready, depending on when the season starts. We still have really no mm-hmm. timetable on him. Paul Goldschmidt of the St. Louis Cardinals uh, stayed back in Jupiter to continue to rehab that, I believe it was the shoulder. He, he kind of had a, he's had like a shoulder issue from the start of spring training, but he's been playing, he played through it, didn't really have any reports of, of being hurt, actually played pretty well, I thought. So, uh, but he stayed back essentially in Jupiter, stay where the Cardinals facility is. When he goes to the facility, it can only be him and one other person. Carson, I guess wow. the rule that they have there. Uh, Carlos Carrasco throwing in Cleveland. Uh, every pitcher is clo- is throwing, but Carrasco, of course, had an injure- injury, and so that's good news for him. Um, and Max Scherzer has been uh, throwing every also single day news. in Palm Beach as well. He's been 100% healthy, of course, even going into the season. Mm-hmm. But when fantasy kicks around in a month or two, it's going to be, you know, getting that, you know, info on which pitchers and which players really had the means to be able to compete in this time where essentially no one could do anything as we've talked about even with the nba joe a lot of these players in baseball you know have apartments and we saw a video of uh, joey gallo hitting in his apartment you know like like not everybody has the accessibility and i think that the players that had the most accessibility may start out the ones that are more ready than the others that's correct and it's um 
you got that first week, I think, to really try and get uh, try to get their finger on the pulse of what's going on and uh, you know who remained in shape, who did those types of things, sure. and who didn't. I don't think it's going to take uh, long, but they'll give them three weeks, and more importantly, it'll give uh, you know fantasy players better, as it'll give them an opportunity to try to get caught up as well. All right, so uh, we got to take a quick timeout. That'll do it for our. Uh first hour of the show coming up next we're going to go back into the FanDuel Sportsbook and give you some odds for the upcoming draft on Thursday I'll have my opinions and Joe will have his you're watching fantasy sports today right here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with the latest odds on the NFL draft don't go away SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.